This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. On May 21st, Australians voted for action on climate change. They voted for the Australian Labor government's plan, which is for 43% emissions reduction by 2030. Since coming to power last year, the Albanese government has proudly stated its commitment to reducing emissions. And... I'm so proud to table our response to the inquiry into the destruction of Duke and Gorge today. To protecting Indigenous heritage sites. We acknowledge that we have to do better. We are committed to doing so in partnership with First Nations Australians. At the same time, they continue to support a major expansion of the gas industry across the Northern Territory that some environmental groups have described as a carbon bomb and that many traditional owners are strongly opposed to. Today, why is the Albanese government pushing for a carbon bomb in the top end? It's Monday, the 3rd of July. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Lisa, you've been looking at a manufacturing and processing development in the NT just outside of Darwin called Middle Arm Hub. The Albanese government has committed $1.5 billion to this project. What is its purpose, according to the federal and territory governments? The development has been marketed, I, I guess you could say, by the Albanese and Files governments with sustainable phrases, things like green hydrogen, sustainable industry, energy transition, decarbonisation, carbon capture and storage. Lisa Cox is an environment reporter at Guardian Australia. But this is disputed by the Greens, by the federal crossbench and also by environmental and Indigenous groups who are concerned that Middle Arm doesn't promote sustainability and is actually a vast fossil fuel project that will lock Australia into gas production for 50 more years. Mm. The Northern Territory Government rejects that assessment. Um, the Chief Minister of the Northern Territory, Natasha Files, has said... This is not a petrochemical plant. This is a sustainable uh, future project that is based on renewable energy into the future. And the Federal Government also rejects that description. Earlier this year, the Federal Minister for Infrastructure, Catherine King, was asked about the links between fossil fuels and this project during question time. This investment is not a subsidy for fossil fuels. I reject that entirely. 
and she responded saying... Rather, funding will go towards the infrastructure that will support users to export clean energy, critical to meet our commitment to net zero, like green hydrogen and lithium batteries that are critical, critical to decarbonisation. Right, so there's two very different pictures being drawn here about this project. You've been looking at this project for, for months. From your reporting, what have you discovered about what's really happening at Middle Arm? So, look, what we've learned through government documentation that we have obtained under Freedom of Information is that this project was pitched from the beginning as a project that would enable the expansion of gas in the Northern Territory. Hmm. So there are parts of the project that are going to be devoted to green hydrogen, critical minerals for use in products such as batteries, but a very large part of this precinct is actually going to be for gas export from the Beetaloo Basin. One of the anchor tenants that's been announced at the site just in recent weeks is Tambran Resources, which is the main company that's currently operating in the Beetaloo. What do people need to know about the Beetaloo Basin and gas? The Beetaloo Basin is the name governments and industry have given to an area of about 28,000 square kilometres between Catherine and Tennant Creek. The name is actually drawn from just a single pastoral station 40 kilometres off the Stewart Highway, but the entire basin takes in many communities, um, including places like Elliot and Larimer, as well on its edges, places such as Mataranka, which is home to natural springs that feed into the Roper River. And features in nearly every single Northern Territory tourism advert as this beautiful crystal water. Right? Correct. It's we, we went there and it's an incredibly beautiful place. Mm. The basin was the actually the focal point of the former Morrison government's proposed gas-fired recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic and is also central to the Northern Territory government's plan for a $40 billion territory economy by 2030. Mm. Despite the International Energy Agency's warnings that no new coal or gas projects can proceed if the world is to limit global heating to 1.5 degrees, the expansion of the Beetaloo has the backing of both major political parties. The plan these companies have is to conduct hydraulic fracturing or fracking over a very large area. Has that happened yet? It has for exploration. So there's a small number of active wells in the basin already. The, the expansion will really occur if and when these projects move to production. And that can actually see, you know, potentially hundreds or thousands of wells drilled across the landscape. What would that mean in terms of emissions? So the energy consultancy Reputex has done some analysis which estimated that if the Beetaloo Basin went to full production, it would create a carbon bomb of 1.4 billion tonnes of total emissions globally. That sounds like a lot, is it? It's a huge amount of emissions. In fact, analysis suggests it would be about 70 times the Northern Territory's current annual emissions. The concern is that the Middle Arm Precinct, which is being effectively subsidised by the federal government, is actually designed to make the Beetaloo Basin commercially viable. By funding the infrastructure that would be necessary to export massive quantities of gas to Asia. So Lisa, the government does say that they will reduce emissions from this carbon bomb, as some have called it, via another element of the project, which is called Carbon Capture and Storage Development, also known as CCS. Tell me about that. What is it? Carbon capture and storage is a process used to capture emissions before they go into the atmosphere and 
essentially pump them and store them underground. Mm. The proposal is that there would be carbon capture and storage that would occur at middle arm and that would be multi-use by multiple gas companies and chemical companies potentially. CCS is central to the Middle Arm Project. It's been described as something that would improve the quote-unquote social licence of the Beetaloo. That was in some of the documents we obtained under Freedom of Information. And it's also central to offshore gas projects. Right, so this CCS is central to both the Beetaloo and various other gas projects happening in the region. But does CCS work? Does it meaningfully reduce emissions? Well, the Federal Resources Minister has described CCS as the single biggest opportunity for emissions reduction in the energy resources sector. But it's important to note that CCS has had billions of dollars of government grants and subsidies committed to it, including an estimated $4 billion in Australia. But the technology has not meaningfully provided emissions cuts. Emissions, for example, from Chevron's Gorgon gas development off Western Australia have increased by more than 50%, despite it being home to the world's largest industrial carbon capture and storage system. So the federal and territory governments are selling Middle Arm as sustainable, even though it's essential to this massive gas expansion. Is it reasonable to say that both of these governments are fully aware that this is actually a vast fossil fuel project? Well, look, it does seem like they had a lot of evidence that Middle Arm would primarily be used for gas And there's a long trail of documents that show that, some of which we've uncovered here at The Guardian, some which have been uncovered by the ABC. Mm. I think the really significant material that we've seen is documentation that was actually sent to the Albanese government. Um, We obtained a briefing document that was sent to Tanya Plibersek's office in July 2022, which said... The Middle Arm Precinct is seen as a key enabler for Beetaloo gas to be transported north, further benefiting the territory's economy. Mm. There's also another document, which is a incoming ministerial brief that was prepared for Catherine King, and it includes a conceptual drawing of Middle Arm that was produced by the Northern Territory Government, and it shows that the, the, the infrastructure, specifically the jetties that would be built, would benefit the gas industry. Looking at these documents and the ministers that they've been sent to, what's the impression overall, Lisa? Well, the impression overall is that it raises serious questions about the claim that this is a sustainable development precinct. And it also raises questions about claims that the $1.5 billion stake that the federal government is taking in the project is not a fossil fuel subsidy. One of the companies, one of the sustainable companies that's proposing to go in at that site has actually been critical of the subsidy, describing it as being too gas-focused. That's Tyvan, which is a critical minerals company, and they've been quite outspoken about the links between Middle Arm and Beetaloo Gas. I can imagine that packaging this massive fossil fuel project as sustainable, especially in light of these documents, would be controversial amongst the progressive elements of this parliament. What have they had to say? The Greens leader, Adam Bant, has called the project straight up greenwashing. And Afternoon, Andy. Thanks for having me. The government sold Middle Arm as sustainable. Did, did Labor lie? 
<laughs> the independent senator for the ACT, David Pocock, has said that the documents Guardian Australia obtained put it beyond doubt that the middle arm facility is intended to enable the development of huge gas projects. Well, I think they've clearly been misleading the, the public on this. The documents make it very clear that the middle arm enables Beedaloo, which is an enormous gas reserve. So it's very worrying. Next. Could the pursuit of gas in the Northern Territory endanger priceless rock art and the water supply? Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you're probably aware, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, meaning we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, nor do we answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we have not put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. If you're able to contribute and have a minute, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. We've also linked to this on the full story page. Thanks. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Lisa, you've been to the Northern Territory as part of your reporting, and on those trips you've spoken to environmentalists and traditional owners. Tell me about that. Uh, Guardian Australia spent two weeks in the Northern Territory speaking to communities affected by these proposed gas developments from the Barossa offshore gas field off the Tiwi Islands to fracking in the Beetaloo Basin in the Barclay region and the Middle Arm Industrial Precinct in Darwin Harbour. Overall, what we were told is that there is strong opposition from many traditional owners to the gas industry's plans for the Territory but only a small portion of the area covered by these projects falls under land rights legislation that grants traditional owners veto rights over gas exploration. Right. Many people might not be aware that native title does not give traditional owners the right to say no to gas companies, just a right to sit at the table. That is correct. I mean, a lot of this opposition has been recorded publicly. There's been a landmark court case on the Tiwi Islands, there have been complaints lodged with banks, complaints lodged with superannuation funds. Traditional owners have gone to annual general meetings for gas companies to put questions to them. With Middle Arms specifically then, Lisa, what do the Larrakia people have to say about this development being built on their land? What they told me is that a priceless part of Larrakia history is at risk from the proposed Middle Arm Industrial yeah. Precinct. 
If you look over your back shoulder here, you can see there's a big mud flat there. Mm -hmm. The development still hasn't finished yep. over that side. Um, I spoke to Larrakia elder Bill Risk, who spoke on behalf of three Larrakia families. The whole of middle arm mm. is, um, it, it's just, has so much importance. It holds so much um, where the old people would sit down, where we have memories of when we were young, travelling across the country. And as we walk through our country, you, you feel at home. Mm. So the danger is to petroglyphs, which are the only known Aboriginal rock art within the Darwin region, and it's believed to be the only Larrakia rock art to have survived colonisation. They're just outside the planned area of development. They're located within a kilometre of the proposed footprint. And traditional owners, when we spoke to them, they spoke of the risk of another Dukan Gorge-style scenario if the Middle Arm project proceeds any further. These are all the impacts that, are, that we have to struggle and fight with every day. Right, they're concerned about the destruction of this rock art. Is the Northern Territory Government or the Federal Government aware of these types of concerns, Lisa? Larrakia people I spoke to have said that the consultation so far has been lacking. And Lorraine, how do you spell your Lorraine? L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E. And was it Williams? Williams? Lovely. I also spoke to Larrakia woman Lorraine Williams. So we don't get to have a say, but we get to watch the total annihilation and destruction of our country and with all these different business developments going in, they don't consider what Larrakia people use the land, what we want to use it for, what we want to protect. They don't um, consider us in anything. While Arakia people don't hold native title rights over the Darwin Peninsula, developers still have obligations to engage with traditional owners about cultural heritage and cultural values under law and government guidelines advise early engagement. But senior Larrakia people say that that's just not what's happened in relation to Middle Arm. Mm. Sources told Guardian Australia that the Northern Territory Government used a non-Indigenous consulting firm to conduct cultural surveys of the area and waited two years after announcing the project before even proposing a Larrakia advisory group. The proposed group was then to be chaired by a bureaucrat in the Northern Territory Government with only three Larrakia members. And what we were told is that that group had actually only met once and it was informally in October last year. We do not want to see this hub, whatever you want to call it, go ahead. Bill Risk, he said they hadn't been spoken to, but if they had, they would say, we do not want this development. We do not want to see the industrialisation of middle arm. Yeah. And what do you that. think this big middle arm expansion could do to this area? It's going to destroy the whole lot. It's going to destroy the whole lot, but it's destroying us as a people, you know? We look at our country just being destroyed over and over again. Like we don't have a It's time. like it's chopping off our hand, chopping off our arm, chopping off our teeth. It's just taking all the little bits and pieces of us. I put some of those concerns to the Northern Territory Government, which said it was committed to working closely with the Larrakia community and that engagement with Larrakia organisations was ongoing. What about Beedaloo Basin, Lisa? What do traditional owners there have to say about fracking on their land? The concerns are numerous. They're concerned about the impact on songlines. They're very concerned about the impact fracking could have 
on groundwater that people and ecosystems in the Territory rely on because 90% of the Territory's water supply comes from groundwater. They also raise serious concerns with us about the standard and type of consultation that had occurred over many, many years. This goes back to the early 2000s and there are long-standing questions about the processes used to get consent from Aboriginal people for gas exploration. Lisa, the Northern Territory Government says that fracking is safe and that they've implemented all the recommendations of an independent inquiry into fracking in the Northern Territory. Have they adequately addressed the environmental risks here? There are serious questions about whether these 135 recommendations have actually been genuinely met. Mm. Um, One of particular concern is a recommendation referred to as recommendation 9.8. And this is a very central recommendation because it was focused on reducing the climate risk associated with new unconventional gas development in the Northern Territory. Essentially what that recommendation said was that both the Northern Territory Government and the Federal Government should seek to ensure that there would be no net domestic increase in Australia's life cycle emissions from gas projects in the Beetaloo. Mm. But as we know, 1.5 billion tonnes, a carbon bomb, that's quite hard to not increase net emissions. It's incredibly hard and we obtained information from the Federal Environment Department that was produced last year where senior bureaucrats were saying that Australia collectively didn't have the programs to make it possible. Lisa, as you've outlined, the the media, the crossbench, traditional owners have all raised big concerns about these projects, and yet it seems like they're going ahead. The federal and territory governments have committed billions of dollars. Is there any chance that this can be stopped? I, I mean, there are processes that are available, you know, legal processes and challenges that can be used. The projects can be challenged by targeting investors and shareholders. Um, And then there's also the market. It's not out of the realm of possibility that some of the companies involved will decide that the, the projects aren't financially viable in a world that's moving towards a green economy. You know, we, we have seen this year, particularly in the federal parliament, a push for the, the government, and this is a push that's come particularly from from the Greens, but also from the crossbench for no new fossil fuel projects, no new coal and gas projects. They, they, they could actually make a decision to take that approach. The Albanese government has spoken a lot about their commitment to Aboriginal people, to traditional owners, to heritage protections. They've also spoken a lot about tackling climate change and reducing emissions. What does this story say to you about those commitments and those words? It shows, I guess, that there's a distance still to travel before the actions actually match their words. That was Lisa Cox, an environment reporter at Guardian Australia. You can read her whole series titled The Top End Carbon Bomb at theguardian.com. One angle that we didn't get to discuss so much in this podcast are the links between middle arm and former politicians and executives. It's titled Revealed, Documents Detail Key Players Behind Vast Australian Fossil Fuel Expansion. And we've linked to that on the full story page. This episode was produced by me and Daniel Simo. Sound design and mixing by Joe Koning. 
The executive producer of this episode is Hannah Parks. I'm Laura Mephiotes. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.